from the crypt. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy, Marty Bent. We're in the year 2018. It's been a few weeks since we met here on the internet. Sorry for the hiatus. Had to take some time off, you know, recalibrate. It's been, it was a crazy 2017 in the crypto markets. Bitcoin specifically, all coins more heavily towards the end of the year and the beginning of this year. Uh, yeah, it's totally been chaotic. Uh, there's been crazy, crazy, crazy altcoin pumps uh, in the first couple of weeks, or first week of the year. We're not even a week in yet, um, and towards the end of last year. Um, but today, uh, as you all know, we do this here at Barstool Sports Radio, or excuse me, in Barstool Sports Studios. And as some of you may know, there's a lot of characters uh, in this office. Uh, it's, uh, this is an office of characters. And uh, one of which... I'm very interested in uh, from a Bitcoin perspective because he has a better perspective than all of us when it comes to money and how it can be bad, how it may be good, um, and how Bitcoin may help. He's not a Bitcoin expert per se, but he's uh, he's he's experienced some monetary turmoil in his life. I want to introduce you all to Za. Za, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Marty. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about the Zimbabwean currencies and Bitcoin and yeah, well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking some time out of your Friday afternoon. I'm sorry I did not bring any alcohol today. Usually, I usually feed my guest alcohol. I did not bring any today. That would have been awesome. Nah, it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's actually my New Year's resolution not to drink. I had a very tough uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, what happened? Oh, man. Uh, one of my friends was actually in town from, from Zimbabwe. Uh, we went to high school together, and so... I had to take him out in the city, and we had a good time. New Year's, yeah, New Year's Eve, and then that uh, New Year's Day, my resolution was I'm not gonna, not gonna drink. So I'll th- see how long I can keep that up. I think about uh, eighty to ninety percent of the people in this country had that same resolution. That's usually <laughs> what happens. You get the massive hangover, and it's well, like I never want to drink again. Well, I'm about five days in, so I think I'm doing pretty, pretty good. Usually, you know, it's out the door by now, but I'm five days in and keeping strong. I think I've been good too. I've been good this week. I tried to go lay off the sauce for the first there week. There you back. go. There you go. But uh, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna I'm gonna negate that tonight. Exactly. It's the first weekend actually after after New Year's Eve. So we'll see. This is the true test actually. It is. This it really weekend. is. And uh, I am weak minded. I'm not gonna be able to. Yeah. I'm not gonna be able to contain myself. Um, but yeah. So again, I wanted to bring you in. You're from Zimbabwe. Yes, sir. Uh, you grown up, so you moved here uh, eight years ago now. Eight years ago, 2010, yeah, from uh, from Zimbabwe. 2010. To, to study we, finance. To study finance. Where'd you go to school? I went to school in Tampa, University of Tampa. Awesome. Shout out the Spartans. So you're not used to this, uh, this bomb cyclone weather? No, no, no. So these are actually my snow boots. So for those, <laughs> for those that can't see this, my snow boots are a pair of uh, Nike free runs. Yeah. That no. are just do not do well as snow boots yeah they're not uh they're not really water resistant yeah not at all so yeah that's that was a rookie rookie move on my part i learned yesterday when uh, when i had to go pick up dave's lunch and uh it was piles of snow that were like waist high and well yeah uh, it's uh yeah i mean i used to live in chicago and this is uh this is very reminiscent of chicago weather i think chicago is a little worse in new york right now but uh it hasn't been this cold on the east coast uh in a while yeah, so, so so I hear, so I hear. So no, I, immediately after that, after yesterday, I put in an order on Amazon for a pair of snow boots. I'm actually going to do the same. I'm rocking bands <laughs> right now. Oh, My yeah. boots from last season are actually destroyed, so I need to pick up a new one. I've been slacking on that. But away from weather and back to monetary talk. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is why I brought you in. I was telling uh, Za before the show that I had uh, Santiago Siri on from Argentina he had a very interesting story about how they had bouts of hyperinflation and political turmoil throughout his life and uh, sort of how Bitcoin can fix these problems. And uh, I thought it would be great to have you in the studio to talk about Zimbabwe's story, sort of how it got to the point of hyperinflation there and the political situation with Robert Mugabe and everything. Um, that's sort of happening with that right now because their last few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yeah few it's, years. It's, I guess I guess it's happening right now. Yeah. I I mean though he's out, it's happening right now. But yeah, no, we 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 uh, just to dive into just a little bit of history economically from uh, uh, the 
Zimbabwe. We uh, we got our independence in uh, 1980, and we were dubbed uh, the breadbasket of Africa. So, okay. so we were meant to be the model state in Africa. Everybody look at Zimbabwe. They're great. You know, they're gonna do great in the future and all that. And we had all. I mean, we had all the we had all the ingredients for 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 a healthy, successful, healthy, healthy economy. We had mm-hmm. you know a lot of minerals mineral rich the the workforce was very educated i think we i don't know if we still do but uh at one point for a very long time we had the highest literacy rate in africa and all that good stuff so we were the model state you know the 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 the, the one to to look at and for the first uh, <coughs> mugabe mugabe as you, as you mentioned president mugabe was was uh he was president uh from independence was it uh Representative democracy at this point? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, yes. Uh, y- you know what? I think it was more. It was more say. Let's. Uh, you know. Uh, for lack of better terms, I don't mean this in a mean way or whatever. It was more say. All right. Let's just get the white man out. Okay. Deal, yeah. Right. Yeah. So we would no at, at that point. At that point, I mean, if you're going through, if you're going through colonialism, mm-hmm. you, you know, you'd understand. At that point, anyone that. Uh, that you know exerted some sort of leadership qualities and all that, and if you were just black, people would follow you. Okay. Kind of deal. I, f- I felt like that. Well, at least that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And Mugabe was there. He was the right man. Well, right place, right time kind of guy. You know, he he himself didn't actually fight in the liberation struggle. He was he was under arrest for 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 the for most of the time and okay. all that. But he came in. He was educated. You know, he's, he wasn't like a guerrilla mm-hmm. type. And so they, they were like, all right, people backed him. They were like, all right, you, you lead us and kind of. So when he took over economically, we were doing, uh, the British left us in very good shape. Okay. And for, for the first, I'd say for the first 10 years, so from 1980 to 1990, we were doing very well. And so was there any like term limits or anything over there? Was, or was he just elected by? So, so when, when, uh, when they came in, I think we took over the constitution that the British had, uh, had, had left initially. And as as the term as he went through his term that's when they started you know making Mixing. changes to okay. to the to the actual constitution so they made changes to the constitution that allowed him to be president pretty much for for 30 37 years holy shit yeah so were, so, were the people mad when that happened or were they was he a good leader up to that point they're like yeah. initially initially as as because the economy was doing great and all that though i mean every every leader has his good and his bad so when mm-hmm. he took over he uh, he's from the major tribe in Zimbabwe. When he took over, he went and he pretty much to to consolidate his power. The first move that he did, I think it started the operation started in 1983, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, he went and he you know he he conducted pretty much a genocide against oh, against the 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 other less dominant tribe, mm-hmm. you know, just to consolidate his power. So that's the major major black mark from his early years that he has to his name. Okay, that people thing. But apart from that, economically we were doing great. We we still had uh, a lot of the white guys didn't leave immediately. Mm-hmm. The the part of the deal when we broke it, the, the independence from the British was you know we you slowly ease in. So we still had actually we still had white people still well part of the the the, the white people from the previous uh, colonial government still part of the government structures. They're and still all hanging that, around. Out. Exactly yeah. helping. It was more of a. For, transitional uh, period. There, wait, that's the term I was looking for. Thank you for helping me. Out. It was yeah. more of a transitional period where you know they were still very active and all that, and that's when we we're doing great. Mm-hmm. And then come. So this is like mid eighties. Yeah, this is mid eighties. So actually, throughout the eighties. Okay. And then I was I was born in nineteen ninety, and we were doing uh, we were doing pretty awesome. Uh, till till about I'd say probably nineteen ninety six. Mm-hmm. That's when the first. Uh, yeah, there was a global currency crisis. Latin American, Russian. Uh, currency crisis. There was a lot of currency crisis around there. For I actually had no idea because that's yeah. that's actually when you know all of a sudden the highest denominate uh, the highest denomination for for our notes in mm-hmm. Zimbabwe at that point was a was a fifty dollar note. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden you see we start uh, they 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 produced a hundred dollar a hundred dollar note uh, of Zimbabwean currencies. So still when we had our own currency. So those were the early signs that that uh, only probably the experts, the the economists, and mm-hmm. all that could start seeing. Everything else was 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 it was a gradual inflation. So people, yeah, it's like people didn't. It's like the boiling of the frog exactly. analogy. Exactly. You can put a you can put a frog in water, and and if it's laying in that water, and you start boiling, it won't realize that there, it's boiling until it's dead. Uh huh. Then now into into the late nineties. 
to the early 2000s that's when you could see that there's something up that's when you know mm-hmm. it slowly started going up and so was there any like uh justification for for the printing of the higher denominated notes was there was the economy suffering and they said we need to print more money dump it in uh to help stoke growth or was it more just trying to to buy uh goods out goods outside of zimbabwe early early stages at the early stages i really don't think so but towards the end of the 90s early 2000s yes that's when you could see that the economy was you know it was struggling a little bit Mm -hmm. that's when you know, more printing. Next thing we, you know, we have a hundred dollar note. Next thing we have a five hundred dollar note, a thousand dollar note, and all that. It got up to a trillion, right? And uh, that that was toward that was at the end. That was mm-hmm. towards the end. We'll we'll get to that. But uh, yeah. So so what triggered what triggered our downfall is that whole the selfish the selfishness now the whole racial going back to the colonial times. All right, let's let's kick the white man out completely. Okay. So the man in which and and how how Africa was colonized was. When when uh, the white when the when the white man came, mm-hmm. right? What he what he did excellently because you know as a human being you look out you look out for your own interests mm-hmm. and thing. What he did what 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 uh, what the colo- uh, the the colonizers did uh, excellently was they uh, pretty much made sure that going into the future, us the indigenous people would. Uh, for us to succeed, we would need to rely on them. Mm-hmm. So they didn't teach us their techniques as to you know how to farm well, how to do this this well, and all that. They segregated us. There were schools for black people and white people only. That type of stuff. So that happened. They created dependency. They created that dependency. Mm-hmm. And now when when uh, when uh, we wanted when when the government said you know let's let's have we want we want our land we want the whole country now. You know, they kicked out. They kicked out those white people that occupied the very productive farms okay. that that were the backbone. Agriculture mm-hmm. was the backbone of our economy. Agriculture and mining. So they were kicked out and replaced by by indigenous people who aren't skilled. So even you could be a medical doctor at that time. Anyone and everyone you could sign up. I could go there as a as a sixteen year old register or and Just I'll get a farm hey, Canada. exactly. Okay. So you see that there, there you see an immediate flaw right there. Mm-hmm. That you got anyone from any walk of life that is now entitled to productive land, land that was the backbone of the economy. Okay. So because of those people coming onto that land, it doesn't. It's not as productive anymore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So they don't. They don't know how to make it productive. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So backbone of your economy slowly degrades. is you know degrade degrading and. And uh, we had uh, a genius, I'm being sarcastic, that <laughs> genius uh, reserve bank uh, uh, governor at that time that uh, had no, had he actually had no background in economics. I believe he, I think his only educational, his highest educational, formal, his highest formal education was, was high school. So he was a high school grad. I don't think he went to college. He was given an honorary doctorate because that's how we that's how we roll in Africa. <laughs> that's how we roll in Africa. Anyone and everyone can get a high uh, a doctorate. So uh, he he took over as governor, and he violated economic economics one hundred and one principle that you know to fix to fix a crisis, print more money mm-hmm. type of thing. So that was his response to. To uh to to our economic crisis, just print, print more. more money, and as you know, that leads to that leads to inflation, and in your case, hyperinflation. And due to the as as the years went on and on, you know, the two thousand and two was when was when the that land reform that land reform let's take back our land thing was you know put into full effect. That's when a lot of the white farmers were kicked out. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I mean, you know, you're you're killing people's livelihoods. Other people are seeing that, seeing you do that. Right, mm-hmm. you get you get rattled. It could be me next type okay. of thing. So yeah. people started leaving. So there was a big Mass brain, exodus. big exactly a big brain drain. These are these are qualified, educated people leaving the country because you know they they they're not uh, they don't feel secure. Okay, and uh, uh, they they don't feel like their livelihoods are secure. So that went on, and you know they printed printed more currency, and that seriously went out of hand. It it got to the point where. If you pull up on Google, if you just Google uh, uh, Zimbabwe inflation, you'll uh, if and you go to the images, you'll run into a picture of a little kid that that uh, I mean I'll call it as it is. This this he's, you know you can you can tell that he's a he's a poor he's from the poor walk of life that little kid right there poor mm-hmm. walk of life and he's got 
in in your in what in what functional society that does a poor man have that much currency on him yeah and yeah. what's it called and that 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 at at one point could barely buy you a loaf of bread that in to, to further describe what Zaz talking about this kid's holding he's probably he's like three six and years a half old. feet tall yeah he's like six he's, years old or something he's got he's got three huge stacks of Two hundred thousand dollar bills. Oh yeah. Looking at oh yeah. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 crazy. So so you would uh, you go to the store and that could buy you a loaf of bread one second. And yeah, it got to the point where we're in a line. We're mm-hmm. in a line to, to to we're doing our grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. I'm holding the same types of goods that you're holding. Mm-hmm. I get charged. I get charged. Let's say two million dollars. Yeah. You're the next person in line. They'll stop it recalculate according to what's going on in the streets the exchange rate and all that then you when you come up to pay it, it could go from two million to eight million holy shit this is like when a, so in a matter of seconds that's like that that's that's how hyper, they even like figuring that out that's hyperinflation at that yeah. uh, that's hyperinflation right yeah. there at its best it's it's crazy how they, it was constant adjustment constant on the phone Mm-hmm. With people on the street, what's hey? What's the U.S. dollar going for against the the, the Zim dollar type of thing? Okay. And you know, it's it's fast calculations. At some at, at some points, they would actually stop. Like in major major, the main grocery stores, they would they'd stop people for a little bit while they they figure out the situation, the pricing situation, and all that, and continue. So, what was uh, what was the vibe like amongst the citizens of Zimbabwe at this point? Like what? Like how? Like how did you even get like? your hands on that much cash like was it just being printed at like banks you would walk up with a wheelbarrow walk away with it or oh yeah they they literally flooded they flooded the what's in his response to anything was just print a higher note and print a lot of it so they literally flooded the market with uh, they they flooded the economy with currency as you can see by by that little kid holding holding that and it was it was crazy man it was it was it was nuts but that i mean how 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 sustainable how sustainable can that be it's not sustainable. Exactly. So due to that, now arose the 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 the, the informal black market. Mm-hmm. So the people's market. So that's more. That's where people were either you 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 would either trade in foreign currency, mm-hmm. or some form of commodity, some commodity that you know is a store of value. So like for example, the the joke I tell, which is not really a joke, is which which, which was real life at the time, is uh, for school fees. For example, school fees. Uh, you could go to a school, the beginning of beginning of the year school. A guy would pull up in an ML, a Mercedes Benz ML, that uh, the Mercedes Benz SUV mm-hmm. with like goats in the back. So livestock is a form, is mm-hmm. a form of yeah, animal. that's with, like goats in the back to come pay school fees. I paid, I paid uh, for my high school. Uh, towards the end of it, I used to pay it in gas. In gas. In like in, in like gasoline? gas for like car. Car, Holy shit. Like oil and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's what that's what happens. We're taken back to the Stone Age where we were barter trading now. No no currency. No currency. Because our currency literally did not store any value. And you'd be an idiot to to um to to give uh, well not really an idiot, but but you would you people would refrain would refrain from giving from giving Do actual you, foreign currency. Yeah. Because that's Cause you know, it, those those are actually bad foreign yeah. currency was valuable at the time. So they would look to barter when they yeah. could. So I'd rather I'd rather give you a goat than pay in US dollars. Yeah. Type okay. of thing. So that went on and and uh so the formal the formal uh the formal system completely collapsed. Mm-hmm. So you'd go to a grocery store and find nothing on the shelves. However, if you step outside the grocery store, there'd be guys Sitting outside there with every single thing that you needed for your groceries, really? and yeah. So the the formal system collapsed. The informal system uh, completely thrived. Rose in its ashes. Oh and yeah, and it was it was very prominent. It thrived. It did very well. And so, what year? What what year are we in right now? So we're in. Uh, so right now we're about let's say the peak of it. We're like 2006. The peak of it was 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 2008. Mm-hmm. Printed out a five hundred trillion dollar note. Oh my god! Printed out a five. This fi- that's five hundred trillion with a T, by the way. That was after actually dropping, dropping. I think they they dropped zeros twice. So they mm-hmm. dropped three zeros, and dropped another three zeros from our currency. So that was after dropping six zeros. So that hundred trillion an actual actual Zim currency add another six zeros to that. That's what that was. 
I don't know if you follow that. I followed it. Yeah, I followed <laughs> you know, it. Yeah, it, it, was se- it seems like hocus pocus, just like a manipulation. Mayhem, yeah. mayhem, complete mayhem. So dropped a couple zeros. That 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 hundred trillion dollar note was in circulation for about uh, three four days, <laughs> and then they just decided, you know what? This is this is not this is not working whatsoever. This is dead. The formal formal economy at that point was worth about uh, two billion dollars or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. So everybody at at a certain point just put their hands up, and it's uh, the old saying like uh, these empires don't go out with a bang; they go out with a whimper. It was just oh, sort yeah. of one day everybody was just like, ah, oh, this yeah, they were make just like they anymore. were done. Yeah, because because I mean they they were printing money, but no one was actually using that okay. money. No one people were not accepting mm-hmm. U.S. dollars. Any, oh, sorry, Zim dollars anymore. Yeah, it was either foreign currency or or gas kind of thing. So that collapsed. They scrapped it completely so we have no formal currency of our own right now this is now 2008 mm-hmm. uh, inflation was was experts will tell you will tell you inflation was a hundred million percent or whatever <laughs> the truth is it was unmeasurable at yeah. that point okay they will they'll pin a number to it whoever pins a number at that point in 2008 is lying to you it was unmeasurable it was so high it was unmeasurable so pulled the currency scrapped it completely adopted a multi-currency system with uh, with the main one being uh, being the U.S. dollar because that's mm-hmm. that's the currency of the world. And then we're also we're bordered by South Africa, so South African the rand. rand. The rand was very prominent. The Botswana the Botswana pula too, depending on the side of the country that you're on, mm-hmm. was being used in some uh, some parts of the country. Uh, the British pound the British pound too. People would accept that. Not not as freely as the U.S. dollar, but people would accept that the mm-hmm. euro the same way. You bargain the, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. The two main ones. The two. The two ones that we're using uh, were, the, were, the, were the Rand and the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's 2008 now. Things things stabilized a little bit. Yeah, and so was this like a formal multi-currency market or was it just like a black market where people are like, all right, we're only going to They, they finally formalized it. Okay. They formalized it in 2008. The black, the black market before that existed probably... That came into came into existence probably like two thousand and four or something. So the black market was already trading in, in those. So has uh, has Zimbabwe stabilized at all since you went to a multi currency? So multi yeah. So 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 what the, what the multi currency system did was just stab- stabilize things. No no actual uh, no actual real growth. So our problem our problem stems from. Uh, from the politics, okay. that's where our main problem stems from—the mm-hmm. corruption of the politicians, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, from from the political situation, which which I probably shouldn't get too into because you know you never know who's listening. It's one of those places where you know you can't think. But yeah, I'm not gonna make you go there. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it, it came. Okay. It it stemmed, it stemmed mainly from the political situation. So if if that's not sorted out, you know, the economy cannot cannot mm-hmm. thrive. Wow, see, this is this is exactly why I wanted to bring you on because we literally, I was telling you before the show, we, as Americans, as somebody who's born and raised here, we literally cannot fathom a system like oh this. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're, you're you're very fortunate. You're very fortunate to to be having a you know to to have a stable political situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I want to call the political uh, station, trust me, situation trust stable. Me, trust me, it is very stable. You don't have yeah. people. You don't have Donald Trump trying to kill. Trying to kill uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren just because she's a Democrat. That's true. That's what happens That's in true. Africa. Okay. If you're if you're opposition in Africa, your head is taken out immediately, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So so at least in in that sense that it's a, it's, it's a little bit stable. Uh, I will ask you this: Are you optimistic? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, the, you know, we're at rock bottom. We can only go one way now. Mm-hmm. We're literally, we're literally at rock bottom. We can only go one way, and that's yeah. up. And I'm optimistic. There has been. Uh, so let's actually let's run through run through 2008 to up until now. So, multi currency system. Just to just to give it some uh, just to give what I'm going to say some perspective. Multi currency system is adopted. Uh, there's there's some political change. There was serious uh, serious opposition. The first ever serious like opposition party that contested. Elections, they stayed. I mean, they came into existence in two thousand and nine. But the first one where where the ruling party was actually rattled was the one in two thousand and eight because things were bad. Then they had to bring them into to, into what's uh, what's called a unity government. Mm-hmm. It's when there was no no majority. So you know, you combine the two parties and you form a unity government. That's when things stabilized a little bit. We got a little help from the international community because of the presence of the opposition. The international community backed the opposition. Mm-hmm. So things stabilized. They came in um, 
2013, we had another election because the unity government was a temporary measure for four years. Okay. But as you know, in, in, in Africa, in most African countries, the, the, the ones that aren't as politically mature like South Africa, mm-hmm. most African current, uh, countries, uh, power only changes via the gun. Really? So 2013 came an election that because uh, that unity thing uh, collapsed. The ruling party, of course, won mm-hmm. in 2013. 2013 till now has been tough. It's you know it's we've gotten to rock bottom. We're using the U.S. dollar. It's 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 not our own money, mm-hmm. so it it can't facilitate any growth. We just don't have. It's not as liquid. The the, the economy is not liquid enough to actually facilitate any real economic growth. So we've just stayed stagnant. And yeah, we just had a coup. Mm-hmm. We just had a coup. Uh, <clears throat> this uh, this past year, towards okay. the end of the past year, Robert Mugabe. So this was just the ru- this was actually within the ruling party. So opposition is not involved. Was it was factions. The ruling party politics they they broke up and all that. And two factions. Mugabe was Mugabe is ninety seven now, <laughs> or ninety three or however old he's. He's in the nineties. So they were they were they were they were trying to plan a succession plan. He he wanted to rule till till uh, till uh, till he till he died kind of thing. But the two factions that were fighting from within you know one of them one of them made a bad move that triggered the coup Mm -hmm. so the army the military was was backing one of the factions and the one that was not backed by by the fact uh by the by the military made a a bad strategic move and you know that triggered the whole military coup Mm -hmm. Mugabe was ousted and this guy that's that's uh, favored by the military was was put in put into power by the military and you know he rewarded some of those guys that that held the coup for him now they hold the government positions wow oh yeah it's like i said i can't i can't even fathom oh yeah it's 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 crazy like the the amount of strength that i uh that i feel that the zimbabweans have to have after going through all this oh yeah yeah. that's that's one thing we are resilient and, Mm -hmm. and and we survive yeah so what um so you still have family back in Zimbabwe? Yeah, correct? yeah. So, so I'm 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 a Zimbabwean as they come. I'm, <laughs> I was born and I'm just here temporarily for for, yeah. for my studies. And You're gonna that. bring the brain back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually, who knows when? Eventually, but uh, yeah, I hope I'm hoping the the, the environment allows for <laughs> for. I'm hoping with this change, this guy, this guy, it's still a wait and see period with this new leader to <laughs> see to see how he truly is. He's only been in power for like a month or two. So I'm hoping he 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 provides an environment that that allows for that allows for for the talent to come back and actually help the country out. Um, before we get into Bitcoin stuff, one thing I'm more interested to talk about is like how has the internet affected anything like down there? Like from a from an information spreading perspective, has it helped at all? Do you think? So so it's 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 uh, well, it definitely has. The internet uh, is is uh, the use of the internet is growing like, a lot. Does it help exponentially? Le- does it help uh, delegitimize sort of the the ruling factions? Yes, that's yes. Sort of- so so the the big big thing, the big big thing that uh, that people down there now now use. And the the I'm looking for the term. The big thing that that people use down there is is WhatsApp. Okay. WhatsApp yeah, yeah. that that was just recently bought by Facebook, and that's that's really allowed. That's democratized uh, how uh, how how information is spread. Mm-hmm. So these WhatsApp groups, you know, the, the 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 ruling party propaganda, the media machine, you know, will say this one thing, but you'll get the truth, like in WhatsApp groups WhatsApp, and stuff like yeah. that. So rumors, the coup and stuff. That's actually how I kept up with what's going on. Okay. It's through you know people sending you stuff through WhatsApp. So the internet it really does help. It has helped a lot. It's uh, it's not uh, it's not really the use isn't really as widespread mm-hmm. as you know you know yeah. it's uh, in the cities. Yes, everyone has access to it and all that. But the rural the rural, rural areas. areas are still playing catch up, and that's mm-hmm. where the majority of our population is in okay. the rural areas. How I'm I'm ignorant to this. I'm, I'm fucking ignorant. No, American. no, no. This is how, this how is big good, is Zimbabwe? How many? How many? Good, how big is the population? So last time, last time we had a we had a census before the brain drain. The last census we actually had was in two <laughs> two thousand, the year two thousand, and there was about thirteen million of us. Okay, I would say with the brain drain and people leaving and stuff like that, right now I'd put the population probably at about eight eight, eight million. Okay, yeah, eight million people. Wow. And yeah, so about four, about three million of those live in the major cities. The rest live rurally. Yeah. 
that's the thing. That's why I love this podcast. Is why I love being able to talk to people like you. Is, is we're stuck in. I'm stuck. Man, I'm stuck in this bubble in the northeast part oh, of America, yeah. and you really. And that's why I love the internet. I wanted to bring that up is because it sort of breaks these boundaries oh, yeah. and, and creates empathy it's, it's, and lets you lets you hear these stories. And say, holy shit! How can how can we make it so their lives are more similar to it, ours? And, it definitely is breaking a lot of boundaries. It's it's helping out a lot with the communication and all mm-hmm. that. The internet is. People, yeah. people love it down there. Yeah. People, people, it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, at this stage, it's not a widespread commodity, so it's a little bit, uh, a little bit expensive. Mm-hmm. So not, okay. not the, the average Joe can't, can't, you know, can't afford to be on the internet kind of deal. Okay. But as, as it grows and the influence of it grows, it's becoming cheaper now and more accessible and, and all that type of stuff. Okay. Um, M-Pesa. Is that used in Zimbabwe at all? That's uh, East Africa. East no, Africa. No, 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 I actually don't know. I've I've heard I've heard. Uh, it's I've been meaning to actually look into into Mpeza, but uh, I heard it's 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 a very innovative uh, innovative uh, payment uh, payment thing, right? That they yeah, use it works via burner friends, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I don't know much about it because that's mm-hmm. in Kenya. Yes, yeah. mainly it. I think it originated from Kenya. You but I've, been, I've been meaning to. I've been meaning to. I've been meaning to. Barstool, Barstool's keeping me busy. <laughs> that's, that's my excuse. <laughs> I, just, I just shared some of my ignorance. That's the other thing Americans don't realize is just how big Africa is. Oh yeah, the like I have no idea what's going on in Kenya. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's huge. Zimbabwe is like the size of, it's the size of Florida. Probably actually, it's just uh, probably the same size as Texas or Georgia. Just a, actually, just a bit smaller than the okay. state of texas and that's a tiny country in africa by the way yeah. zimbabwe is tiny really yeah uh, it's a tiny country in africa it's like almost the size of texas <sighs> damn this is a lot like oh, this yeah. is, um, very, I could, I i'm very happy to have you in the studio <laughs> right now um, happy to be here so yeah, that's, again, I wanted to bring you in because obviously zimbabwe has the monetary crisis i'm into bitcoin yep. i talk about Crypto. bitcoin here mm-hmm. um you hear things on the internet about Zimbabweans taking advantage of of Bitcoin, but obviously it seems like not every Zimbabwean has access yes. to the internet. They they probably don't have the amount of money to funnel into Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So what have you heard? I, I know you've you've heard some stuff about Bitcoin in Zimbabwe. What's what's the word on the street there? Are people using it? Do they find it helpful? Um, can you help give us some? Yeah. Color so so uh, so. Uh because of the because we don't have our own currency as as we as I mentioned a little bit earlier because we don't have our own currency um there's there's a shortage of actual hard cash mm-hmm. right so so it's in our culture our culture so far we're not we haven't converted into like the the card system and all that okay. though they are that that technology is present in the cities mm-hmm. it's just a cultural thing we haven't transitioned from from mm-hmm. hard cash because you can't trust in Africa you can't trust you can't trust uh, the person the that's right in front of you. exactly yeah. so that card people don't trust that they need like that hard cash kind of thing so because we don't have enough of that circulating people are looking for alternative ways to to store value so it's it's a trust thing you you deposit uh, you deposit your money your hard-earned money you deposit into a bank mm-hmm. you go to the bank the next day you try withdraw your money they tell you they don't have any currency in the system so that's your money stuck in the bank yeah you go there they might give you five dollars in like quarters type of thing really Mm-hmm. So because of a because of that situation where you know you hand in your money and you can't get it back from the banks, that trust uh, that trust has been broken with that. Quickly. That's why stuff like Bitcoin now is kind of coming into play now. But mm-hmm. it's not uh, it's not fully accessible to the ones uh, to the people in the rural areas and all that. But people in the cities are beginning are beginning slowly to use it. Really, people in the cities. Yeah, I know a lot of my friends that have Bitcoin accounts in there. They're using it uh, to trade in uh, in Zimbabwe to facilitate that that gap that void that was left with by uh, not having enough currency in the mm-hmm. in the economy. What um so how are they using it? Are they using it as like a store of value as a savings account so they can? No, they're actually using it for for what I believe for what I believe mm-hmm. Bitcoin was made for. Okay. For actual transactions. All right. So let's get into this. Yeah. So they're they're actually they're actually using it to try buy stuff and sell stuff. But mm-hmm. this is not on the formal. This is in this is in the informal market. Okay. In the formal thing, they still. They still, uh, you know, they still accept the, the the formal forms of payment, the cash cards, but you know, there's no cash, no. and, and you know, people don't have money in their banks because they don't trust them. Sorry. And no, 
I'm sorry for interrupting you. This is a very interesting topic right now because that's a huge debate going on in the Bitcoin world is, is it a tra- is it possible to be a transactional currency right now because the, the, the nature of the protocol is so that you only have a limited amount of space per block. Mm-hmm. And when you have more people coming on the network that want to use Bitcoin and transact in it, there's more demand to get your transaction in each block, which sends the fees higher, yep. which makes it uh, harder to use as a transactional currency on the protocol level. So that's one thing that's, I would say it's causing a lot of confusion right now because mm-hmm. a lot of people want it to be that transactional currency. Um, and, we're finding out that the nature of the protocol, just the physics of it is, is making it harder unless we increase the blocks, which centralizes the system a little more. So you're sort of caught between a rock and a hard place. And like we were talking about before the show, we're nine years into Bitcoin. It was uh, very easy to use as a transactional currency until like the latest bubble when a bunch of people came on, the the price, price went up and the Satoshi, uh, fees denominate uh u.s dollar fees went up uh precipitously because of that mm-hmm. i'll admit that i'll admit that point blank but um so but there's there's solutions being worked on on the second layer lightning being one of them where it's trying to help create that transactional True. layer where where fees are are as minimized as possible um so have you have you heard some your your buddies from back in zimbabwe have they talked about this fee problem at all or uh, they, not really. So the thing is, the thing is with us, because because we don't have any other choice, we don't have any other choice. We you know people here to transact. You know you got your U.S. dollars and mm-hmm. everything. Because we don't have any other choice, people willing are to just yeah. They they I I don't think they even pay attention to it. Okay. Because they, they they just need something to be able to facilitate a transaction. Mm-hmm. We can't go back to that. You know, I give you a gallon of oil for you to give me this type of thing. For I me give to you, give you an education. I, exactly. <laughs> I give you a gallon of oil for you to work my fields type of thing. So people, yeah. people are are don't actually. I don't think they actually even know the economics or how Bitcoin actually works. They just know they it works just been to a told, certain extent. Exactly. It's it's it's. They've been told. They've been well, not really been told. They have an idea of what it is, of mm-hmm. course, but you know, it's they're using it to facilitate those those uh, to fill that void that cash yeah. cash is left and all that. So that fees and stuff, ah, they don't even they don't even pay attention to no. that. Interesting, very interesting. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. It's uh, it's a beautiful time to be alive. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> things. It certainly is. Things might be uh. More chaotic, obviously, for you. They're getting more chaotic here in the states, but the 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 emergence of the internet and now, an internet of money, mm-hmm. is creating incredible possibilities. Oh, yeah. like, it's 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 alleviating so much. It's 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 because now what Bitcoin has done for some people is we don't have to go through those people that we don't trust mm-hmm. anymore. That's the whole we don't have to deal with uh, with. I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust anybody in, in, <laughs> in, in, in that in that government. And you know, I'm I'm neither. I'm neither this party nor that party. I just don't trust any politician. Period. You're Zah. You trust your instincts. <laughs> there you go. I don't trust any politician. Period. I'm and, the same way. I don't trust. I don't trust the U.S. politicians. And and especially with the way we've been burnt with our economy, all of a sudden, like for example, that whole. They 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 just converted the, the the cash that you the banks uh, the money that you had in the bank, in uh, in the, in that that 2008 period, was just converted into into U.S. dollars and is just worthless. It was converted into like cents type really? of thing. Yeah, it's so it's because of moves like that you end up not trusting your 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 government and whoever's in charge of the the, the monetary system and all that and. That's what Bitcoin. That's the void that Bitcoin yeah. has come in and is filling now. You only have to trust math. Oh Math's, yeah. math's pretty hard uh, to to not trust. Oh yeah. It's been oh yeah. Proven that to is work. Oh, math. Math is for generations too. Mm-hmm. For generations. For millennia. You know, many things have come and gone. You know, you have you've had companies that have come and and they're gone now. But math has been there since the beginning of time. Uh, and it's not going anywhere oh, anytime yeah. soon. Oh yeah, it's just <laughs> <laughs> becoming more and more prominent as we, 
as we go out through other lives. Ah, so yeah, now there's 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 big big opportunity. I feel like Bitcoin. This is exactly the situations that Zimbabwe is in is exactly what Bitcoin was made for. And that's the um, so that's the thing that I try to get through people's minds when I'm describing. They're like, "Why do we need this? Like, the U.S. dollar works, Visa works. Like, why do I need Bitcoin?" I was like, "We don't need Bitcoin." There you go. Just take a take a trip to Africa, and you'll see why you yeah. need why you need Bitcoin. So let's get into this a little bit. How do you? How can we help? Specifically, Zimbabweans out like how? I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say uh, like what. What do you think is the best course of action to help pull Zimbabwe up out of out of this sort of uh, rut that you guys are in right now? Uh, not from a Bitcoin perspective. From any perspective, perspective, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So from any perspective, to be honest, it's 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 on us. It's 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 on us Zimbabweans, on the people. It's just mm-hmm. it's it all comes down to one thing: corruption. Yeah. So if you can weed that out, as as I said, this was when the British left us. We were we were the most mineral rich, one of the most mineral rich countries on the planet. Mm-hmm. Still are. We actually just recently discovered. We just recently discovered. Uh, I think it was in two thousand or two thousand and one. I forgot when exactly. Uh, diamond fields in the eastern part of our country. Oh really? That, that yeah. When the when the geologists or whatever they call them, the guys that do the the quantity surveying or whatever, whatever the, those the, the geologists—I'll just call them geologists for simplicity. I think sake. I think that's correct. When the geologists came and they did their thing, they found that we actually that field, well, that area of the country, had close to—I think they had said they said they might have said like the second largest diamond reserve at the time. Holy shit! In the world. And that, and you tell me how if you as a country, and that's just one mineral. I'm not mentioning gold and platinum and all the other <laughs> stuff that we have. You tell me how, as a country, if you have so-called the second biggest diamond reserve on the planet, how are you poor? Especially when you're trying to feed, you're trying to feed eight million mouths. How are you poor? So it all comes down. It all comes down to corruption. If we can weed that out of people, so what happened? Was the government change, taking it, selling it, and keep the money on the side? President's very rich. Uh, well, no, I'll, I'll, I'll people, yeah. The president, I can cut president, out. I can cut out. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's all right. No, the pre- president and all them, the, the politicians are very, very, very wealthy. You got yeah. people with mansions and property and assets globally. It's it, like if he, if they came out and said that our former president Mugabe, who's now out of power, is has seventy is worth seventy billion dollars. I'd believe it. Really? Yeah. That's, Holy shit. Yeah. It's that's Fucking how much a, man. the that's, greed that's, that's, that's like pe- Bill Gates money, and that's not even if you look up on Forbes, he doesn't even appear on anything like that. That's like the the greed is 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 dumbfounding. Oh yeah, being being a politician in Africa is it's big money right there, and being a politician every anywhere is is a is a job for a psychopath in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so you you let us weed out weed out the corruption once we've weeded that out then then the international community can can step in and help us you know with 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 uh, providing access to like funds and stuff like that loan facilities mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that so that's that's how the international community could could help just financially yeah yeah and then, i don't want to sound like some white knight like i'm gonna no, no, this, is, this, yeah. is, this is i'm loving this experience yeah fire fire away fire away whatever's <laughs> at the top of your mind just fire away top of my mind right now mm. you can answer those questions what's uh what's zimbabwe's favorite sport soccer cricket yeah, soccer 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 is the biggest sport yeah soccer is the biggest sport amongst the population amongst the the elite it's stuff like you know the elite will play, so everybody will play soccer. Mm-hmm. The elite will do stuff like cricket. They'll play cricket, you know, mm-hmm. rugby. Rugby's pretty big. Cricket's yeah. pretty big. Tennis, tennis, you know, <laughs> yeah, swimming, that type of stuff. What but, um, what do you miss most about Zimbabwe? Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Uh, the politically correct answer would probably be my family, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I miss, I miss the food, I miss the people, the family. It's just the, the whole culture. Yeah, what's the food the like whole, down there? Awesome, I love it. It's all it's all organic. Actually, I actually 
funny story. I had, I had no idea what the word organic meant until I came <laughs> Like, I did, I did not know. Well, the word organic was not in my vocabulary oh my until God. I came here. Because ah. we're, not, we're not rich enough to buy chemicals to shoot up our animals. And You might be lucky because of that. Because oh, yeah. I would argue that that's only made us oh, yeah. unhealthier. You, oh, look at, yeah. you look at the heart disease rate and the diabetes rate, the diabetes rate in this oh, country. Yeah. So, it's so. astronomical. So I... I, I you know the chicken drumstick was like this big i come over here in america and you can get one you can get one that is like this huge it's 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 crazy so yeah no the food people i guess the just the culture everything about it the weather the weather's awesome too the yeah. weather's it's not the snow bs and all that it's beautiful weather all year round what um actually now now that i'm here in new york i've come to really appreciate the weather so the weather is is you know it's flying up the rankings what what uh yeah so you moved to the states eight years ago now what mm-hmm. uh, what how's the how's this changed your perspective living in america for eight years open opens my mind it's how uh, so? it, it really it really does same way same way same way with what i've been telling you now you know sometimes you're like oh uh, you're like oh i didn't i didn't know much about america well i had been fortunate enough to come visit and uh and and all that, but you don't you don't learn you don't learn anything about a culture in, on three week vacations. No, because you're stuck in you're stuck in Celebration, Florida, at Disney, Disney <laughs> theme parks and stuff like that. That whole three weeks and all that. So that's probably the most vapid part of our culture. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So it's it's just been a, it's, it's been a complete eye opener. It's you know it's I go from in high school classes, classes high school classes learning with people that look like me talk like me you know mm-hmm. act like me and all that and the occasional one or two white guys the occasional one or two indian guys to you know in a class with the, with a guy from kuwait from venezuela from bolivia and all that so it's really it's being here really has opened my mind yeah especially here in new york city like you walk outside and you hear if five oh, different languages yeah, that's what i'm saying yeah no one no one speaks english here it's, 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 actually, it's incredible it's like people you hear different languages and all that you hear a bunch of boneheaded americans oh yeah that don't like that but i love it i <laughs> I love the culture i love new york city specifically being able to go experience different cultures in the city it's possible if you want to do it if you're adventurous enough um, oh yeah no it really is a melting pot it's there's over I feel, there i feel like there's an awakening going on around the oh, world oh yeah Feel like we're all coming together, realizing like, you wait. born in Zimbabwe, me born in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We're not that different. Oh, hey, like wait, we have the same needs. There you go. The yeah. same uh, Maslow hierarchy of needs. I mean, hey, you're, you're, you're taking me back into back to <laughs> what's it called? What was that? Management, the motiva- motivation, what was yeah. it? Safety, security, safety, security, social, clothing, whatever, yeah. self-esteem at the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, taking me back to college. It's that's awesome. But yeah, no. Nah. And just to sorry, just to just to piggyback, not really piggyback, but to, to the Iran thing, triggered triggered a thought in my mind, uh, to to bring it back to 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 crypto since this is a crypto pro, uh, a podcast. <laughs> another very good use for Bitcoin is for countries countries like Iran, North Korea, With that are under sanctions. Under sanctions, yeah. So and Zimbabwe too is under sanctions. Well, not the country, but individuals in Zimbabwe are under mm-hmm. sanctions. So in in situations like that, you know that can help you still be prosperous and you know Make be money able to exactly yeah. be able to to negotiate those. Uh, and whether people like it or not, created. that's a use case. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because I mean, I mean, the story a story is two sides. So what mm-hmm. what you Americans think is just. Mm-hmm. Might not be might not be considered just as by by the Iranians kind of thing. Uh, what we did to Iran was not just at all. <laughs> <laughs> I will come out and say it. Yeah, uh, that's, that's the Iranian revolution. Us putting in uh, um, what was that in the seventies? The seventy nine. Was yeah, it seventy nine? Seventy eight? Oh yeah, yeah. yo yo the the, the yeah, role but, you played. You know, some some yeah. might some may justify it as just some. I would <laughs> call it disgraceful. Um, because. Because, yeah, you grow up and you, you hear these narratives in the media where they're like, oh, Iran's the devil, blah, 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 blah. They're going to nuke us. They're trying to kill us. And then you meet an Iranian and he's a normal person. Yeah. Like you like, I had a class summer of 2014. I did a design boot camp and uh, there was an Iranian in, in, in the Chicago. He went to University of Illinois for college and he was doing this design boot camp with me. And I would... I had those preconceived notions. So, oh my God, anybody from Iran's like bad, like just from what you hear in the media growing up. And then you sit there and you talk to him. It's like, holy shit, like this person's just a person and they're like me. And 
a lot of ways. It's funny. It's funny you say that because just when I moved over here, uh, I met a man from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So my perspective of of Afghanistan, we we get uh, we get so if, uh, we get access to to your 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 television. Mm-hmm. So like the CNNs and all okay. that and all that. That's if you can afford it and, and, and what's it called in Zimbabwe. So my perspective of a of a guy from Afghanistan you know was was not as you know was painted was painted from the american perspective kind of deal from yeah. you know, the propaganda because of 9/11 type mm-hmm. of thing yeah and I, I had this picture of what what you know Af- people from afghanistan are meant to be mm-hmm. because of you know the the external media influences and all that and i met this man from the andes i'll never forget it this guy is you know probably one of the nicest guys i've ever met i've never mm-hmm. met and you know i i, I we we talked for for about like two hours or so, and I was like, "Holy snap, he's actually a pre." You know, they're actually human. They're nice. <laughs> exactly, it's, we're it's, all so, humans. So that's what crazy. everybody has to realize. Is like, and that's another thing I try to do this podcast is create empathy. It's like we're all in this together. We're mm. all like, it's it's. I mean, there definitely are bad people in the world, but you have to go back to that adage that most people are good. It just oh yeah, I, I truly believe that. I'd need to travel more. Yeah, you go. Should come to, to Zimbabwe. I would love to come to do Zimbabwe. Do it, do it. Yeah, no, no. When you're going back just, next, okay. That's the thing. It, that's uh, whenever, whenever I'm there, it, you know, you could come. Donnie is interested in coming. You know, Donnie, right? Yeah, yeah Donnie. He's, he's I was talking about Donnie. I want to go to Donnie to f- see some of the Chinese mining the farms. Chi- yep, that, yep. That, that, the Bitcoin oh, the mining Bitcoin. Farms. Yeah, that's where they're at. Yeah, that's, that's where, where a lot warehouses of them are at. and all that. The yeah. warehouses. I, I watched a documentary. I would love to do a story with Donnie down there. I think that we could get be, some good content out of that. That actually would be awesome. I saw that. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty sweet place. You should uh, you should uh, I think I uh, I'm not well traveled. That's one that's one of my goals as I as I enter the second half of my twenties is, there the, is to get out more. Do it, yeah. do it, do it. See, I got a question for you now in relations to hey. I can ask questions, right? Yeah, in, in relation questions. to to what's it called that uh, the the blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. That's what uh, that's what people are actually the 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 in the nose mm-hmm. for lack of better term sorry the in the nose I couldn't think of anything that's thing that's another thing that's actually tough side note by the way English is not my first language so I like think in my native language then actually have to translate it so a lot of the time you know I won't be able to pick up the words so another, I apologize in advance for that no another but, thing Americans don't realize is that most of us only have to learn one language <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah trust me language is very it's very hard to translate mm-hmm. it's very hard to translate but yeah the blockchain technology applications mm-hmm. I was actually I forgot what I saw I think it was like last week or two weeks ago which I think is would actually be a very good application for it in Zimbabwe the whole the ledger the ledger system how how for ex- and I was actually thinking of a story of my related to my grandmother actually that ledger system how if you put like a record it then creates like a code for that then when you put an put another record for that thing it wraps it into that record and both of them are now stored on that key or what that chaining what's it called is it chaining the blockchain so the way the blockchain works there we go you're the ex- here we go with bitcoin explain. specifically so every 10 minutes a block is made in mm-hmm. bitcoin and the way bitcoin works to create a block um, what you have is miners around the world uh, basically putting their computing power to prove everything that's happened on the bitcoin blockchain up until the latest block and then they compete with computing power to batch transactions in the last 10 minute 10 minutes hash it into what's called a block mm-hmm. and the miner that does that uh gets the block reward which is bitcoin right bitcoin. now it's 12 and a half bitcoin per block and what happens when a block is created is yes it hashes that data and it's incorruptible you can never rewrite it and you, it's it's a ledger that can't be overwritten you would need a crazy amount of computing power at this point to rewrite the to Bitcoin rewrite, blockchain. Uh-huh. It's not economically sound. It wouldn't be a good attack. Uh-huh. So this is the first time in human history we've ever had a censorship-resistant ledger, and that's mm-hmm. the true innovation with Bitcoin is the censorship resistance is that nobody can change it. Nobody mm-hmm. can. And what can help out Zimbabwe is that they can't change the money supply, the amount of Bitcoins that are created. So nobody's ever going to be able to say, hey, I mean, it's, Technically, it is possible, but the likelihood of it happening is it's so low slow. that it's negligent. I, I want to say negligent, but it is very highly unlikely that you will ever get, because to change the amount of Bitcoin, you would have to get 
most people on the network to agree to change it. And there's such an intolerant minority that is only in Bitcoin because of the 21 million Bitcoin cap that that's unlikely to ever happen. So, so what, what I applied that to is a little situation that happened to my grandmother. My grandmother owned a, she, 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 she's now passed unfortunately, but she owned a, she owned a farm. Mm -hmm. She owned a, a farm, uh, and towards her retirement, she started renting out. I think yeah, in her in her retirement years, was it actually when she was no, yeah, it was after she had retired. She rented that out as a form of income to someone to someone else, mm -hmm. right? Then, uh, as she got older, she wanted to sell it. But however, the guy that she had rented it to, they this was this was over like a ten year period. This guy was renting it from her for for like ten years and all that. Mm -hmm. She, you know how old ladies are. They, yeah, they you know they developed a oh this is my son. Developed a level of trust and all that, and it's time that now she wants to sell it. You know she goes and she she uh, goes to the farm because she never actually used to go to go check it, check up on it. Uh -huh. She goes to the farm. You know it's like all right to go tell him hey this is what's gonna happen. She sees that it's not even the dude. Oh. That she'd put there, it was someone else that said that he was renting it from him. So, or, or no, actually, no, he had bought it from him. So what he had done was pretended he, like he, he owned it exactly, and he was able to to create to create actual title deeds that were that were forged. he created them. They were forged, of course, mm -hmm. but he he, I don't know if he I don't know if he 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 bribed the officials. I don't know what happened, but they were actually approved and stamped, and the transfer of the title, of this fake title, was approved. So mm. this guy now owned it. So she's standing here, and she's like, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. This is the title deed right here. Holy shit. And right here is the title deed. This guy whoops out. like, no, you're wrong. This is the title deed. So it's the same address, same whatever, two title deeds. So now my mom has been fighting this court case for, for, for I mean, my, my grandmother's passed, but my mom has been fighting the court case for like five years now. Oh, shit. So that's where that whole blockchain uniqueness mm -hmm. could be applied to a situation like that. And I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that's one thing. That's, one of, that's actually one of like, uh, I think one of the most practical applications. Yeah, right? I love the blockchain. Not right now, but as we evolve, it's going to get to a point, yes, where you can hash that title into the Bitcoin blockchain mm -hmm. and say, cryptographically prove that you owned it at one I time. Exactly. And to hand over to hand over that title on the blockchain, you would have to, the pe the dude who stole the farm from your grandma would have to get access to her private key. To the key, yep. Which, which is unlikely if she if she has good security. And... So that would that would be impossible if, if titles were were exchanged on the blockchain. So when I learned out, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I admit, I wasn't a believer, but when I learned about that and when the whole crypto and Bitcoin and all that, but when I learned about that, that uh, that whole when I watched a documentary and learned mm -hmm. about the, the the chaining or that that process mm -hmm. that you were explaining, that's when I was like, okay, all right. They actually might be useful. This yeah. thing, yeah, censorship. Actually that's, might be so useful. that's the innovation: is the censorship resistance. Is that no, no, no Joe Schmo can forge a Bitcoin or forge a hash? Like it's all cryptographically proven with math. Like we were saying, you can trust math. And I, I don't think people at this stage get it. No, they don't. They because don't. I can, I can, I can get a printer. That printer outside there, I can get it and slide my hundred dollar bill in there and put that out and you know be able to go buy some sandwiches from the deli and you all probably that. won't be able to do that but there's there <laughs> but is you, a forge you, you yeah. get the idea there, you get the idea there you is can, forged money out you there. can forge currency and all that's yeah. that's the idea of yeah. course i can't do it here but yeah no that's and that application i thought was 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 very awesome and i hope so you had your aha moment from uh -huh. oh yeah I, was, I wasn't a believer at all i i, I was like yeah no nah. No. I, Bitcoin, it's it's a fraud. It's a mind fuck. That's what it is. Because we've literally, like I was saying, before we hopped on the show, there's only been so many times where technologies like this have come along that people don't even realize what to look for, where the innovation is. And I don't think people have fully grasped the innovation that is censorship resistance in a decentralized system. It is going to wholesale change the change the the course of of human history from here on out. Oh yeah, and I I, and I really hope uh, I really hope the thing about human nature is that people we're, we're resistant to change. Mm -hmm. This is this is mm -hmm. this is like this technology is is well it's, that's it's there, there's the internet 
right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's the internet, and now there's you know there's and Bitcoin. It's Bitcoin's the next, like it's another the next layer. Thing. It's yeah. the next thing. And that's one thing. Again, I'm trying to do with this podcast is is help people realize that the pace of change that we've experienced in our lifetimes is unlike any other any other amount mm-hmm. of change that any other human has experienced at any point in time. Mm-hmm. So we have things changing around us at such a quick pace that like our monkey brains are like running around like what the hell's going on what's going on like and we can't get our bearings unless we take a step back and all right i think learning about history and how the world has evolved over time and how technologies have affected uh the course of history is very important and uh i would encourage anybody out there to study the history of the internet and how life was before it and how it how it has evolved and how quickly it has evolved after um because oh, yeah. that's one thing people don't take the, the don't take the time to stop to take stop a step and think back. back yeah no exactly not at all you're you just born into you, it and you, you start running you're you like forget, hey. you forget before the iphone you had that you had that uh nokia 3310 yeah, that could only exactly on <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. favorite game still is one of my favorite games of all time yeah not if when you when you actually stop to you know to take a and then look back at where 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 we started. It's it's incredible. It's uh it's a great time to be alive. Yeah, no, blockchain is really it's 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 solving that that problem that that trust problem mm-hmm. that trust problem. And I I hope we can uh, as a society we can embrace it sooner sooner rather than later. Though it does take time to it does for societal <laughs> shifts. It does, but. This is a good first step. Conversations like this help there us come go. to come to that uh, realization. There we go. Um, and I think this is a great spot to uh, to end the episode. Za, I want to thank you for coming on. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, on tw- on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter, the, the midget Zimbo on Twitter. I mean, um, yeah, I guess that's 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 uh, where you know we can I interact. I give my opinions on there on things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll talk a little cricket and soccer. I'm sorry to to to, to the American fan base, but <laughs> <laughs> you see, I talk about things that I'm passionate on there. And yeah, no, that's important to be passionate. Oh yeah, no, but thank you, thank you for having me. This oh. was this was really awesome. I was very excited all week to have this conversation. <laughs> I'm really happy with how I, it went. I appreciate it. Thank you, Marty. Um, and on that, uh, peace and love. Woo. Oh, that was awesome. fun. Dude, thank when you. you said when you said thirty minutes, I was like, dude, is this guy crazy? How long is it? That was just that was awesome. That was